I'm your host, Rob Carbone. This is BD4. It has been forever since we've done Knicks on the show. I I don't even think I did an end of the season, an end of the postseason episode. We kind of just left it at that because I was so upset with everything and how it all ended. We didn't even do a recap in the vlog. <laughs> I was just, I needed I needed a couple months. I needed a lot uh, of time to kind of you know take it all in. Um, and I, sh I feel like I shouldn't have needed that much time. I should have been more appreciative earlier, but I was so into it. I was so into the moment, like the fact that the Knicks finally made the playoffs after several years of misery in that one glimmer of hope in 2013. But outside of that, it's been like, you know, very, very rare where they make the playoffs this century. <laughs> So I guess that kind of got me really greedy that we finally made the playoffs. I wanted to go. I wanted to keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. Then I got a little too greedy at the end and I was a little irrational, um, but I'm good. I'm happy that we, we were a team that was competent this year and we made the playoffs at all. Um, so it, it took me a bit to get over it. You know, I was ranting on, on social media for a while Ripping into Julius Randle, ripping into R.J. Barrett, to Tom Thibodeau, to, to everybody, basically. But we're back, and we are over it, and we're now moving on to the 2021 season, which, believe it or not, oh, I'm sorry, the 2022 season, which, believe it or not, is going to be here before we all know it. This shit flies by. It's crazy. Each season has something, like, each season season as in like winter, spring, summer, and fall has one moment or day where once we pass that point, it flies by the rest of the season flies by. And in the summer, it's July 4th. I always feel like after independence day, the summer goes by so quick. And I feel like it was just yesterday, but you're looking up and it's already August 4th, uh, pretty soon. Just gonna look at my phone. But my phone's dead. Yeah, as I'm recording, it's technically past midnight, so it's August fourth. As I'm recording, um, as you're listening to this, it's probably August fourth. Um, but yeah, it's been a quick, quick summer. At least the second half of the summer. So it'll be here. Hoop season is going to come before you know it, man. And um, so I figure, why not get a little bit of a Knicks update in here. Now, we're not going to elaborate too much and go on forever and ever. I don't think this is going to be the full hour. We'll probably try to make this one short, cut it to, you know, a half hour episode. Um, because I just want to go over some certain things that have happened, right? It's the off season, so we've made some moves in the draft. Um, but I don't know that we're going to talk about the draft too much because to be honest with you guys, I did not really focus on any of the guys we got. 
um, I actually had to look up who we drafted because I forgot before recording this podcast. That's how little I paid attention to. I didn't invest my time into the draft just because we were so good this year that we I knew we weren't getting the lottery pick. And yes, I know, you know, guys have been good that have gone later than other guys before, but like if it happens, it happens. I just I've spent so much of my time um invested into like scouting all these lottery picks that this year I was finally happy I didn't have to do anything like that. I could just take it as it is. So we got a couple of guys in the in the first round. Um made some trades. So we'll get to we'll, we'll touch on that maybe maybe not. <laughs> but basically most of this episode is just going to be about the moves that have happened in recent days. Um so we're going to touch on that. You all know what I'm talking about and um that'll probably be it. You know, just it's it's not going to be a heavy episode. It's just a quick update episode just just because I want to talk Knicks again. It's been so long. So, um, yeah, welcome to the podcast, though. This is RJ Carbone, your host of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Episode 268 of the podcast, Knicks offseason update. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, be sure to subscribe to BD4 on all the platforms that we're on. You can listen to us on a number of platforms. You know, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Anchor, which is our sponsor, uh, plenty other listening platforms. And you can also watch the podcast. The video format of the podcast will be up on YouTube. So you can do that as well. BD4, just type that in on YouTube, BD4. Um, that's the name of the podcast. And, um, you know, we do Nick's episodes mostly in season. And we'll, we'll post an episode every two games. And then if you're a Yankees fan and you're new here, we do Yankees episodes after every series for the most part. So uh, you can also follow and subscribe to my blog. I read a blog called It's My Opinion where I recap the Yankees and Knicks on a game-to-game basis. Um, you know, I've been a little busy this year, so I've kind of had to write more series recaps when it comes to the Yankees. But we do, you know, it's pretty active still. So be sure to, to, to follow and subscribe to my blog. Um, and my social media, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All that stuff, guys, that I just mentioned, you can find on my link tree. Just one simple page that'll take you to all the different links I just mentioned. So go to my link tree for all that. Linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. All right. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Let's head to our first break. When we get back, we might as well get things started. Not waste any more time. All right. Be right back. You are listening to RJ Carbone on BD4. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, you can do that right now. BD4 is available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and you can also watch it on YouTube. There are plenty of other platforms to find this podcast. All you have to do is go to linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone, and that will take you to where you need to be. Link tr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. 
in order to subscribe to this podcast. All right. Um, see if I can pull it up real quick. Get my notes all set up. Uh, all right. So, talking to my buddy, talking about the the, the subway to um to Yankee Stadium. He's just pushing me to get my license, so I don't have to take the subway anymore to Yankees games because it's full of hobos and, and uh, you know, drunk New Yorkers. All right. <laughs> Anywho, you know, so so I, I don't know the order all this went down, but we'll just list the the, the shit that's happened. Um, the Knicks, you know, extend Scott Perry on a, on a multi-year extension deal. It's fine. He was a big reason as to why we got got kind of got back on track. Um, some Knicks fans don't like the guy. My biggest gripe on him is is Alfred Payton, and I'm sure a lot of other Knicks fans feel the same way. He's kind of you know he's got ties with Alfred all the way back to Orlando. That was the team he was drafted to. Perry, that was a Perry pick. Perry was probably a big reason as to why Payton came here, and then resigned here and was the starting point guard. He had a lot of influence in, you know, Payton. Being the starting point guard here in the Knicks. So hopefully that's all done with. Hopefully he's not going to bring his buddy back next season. Um, it's looking like we're good because obviously the moves we made say otherwise that Peyton's going to be here. Um, but, you know, we drafted guys, um, a couple of guys in the draft who I don't even know the school off the top of my head. That's how little I pay attention. But Miles McBride and Quinton Grimes, and that is it. I don't even know. I think they're both guards. One might be a wing. I don't know. I, I literally, I might have to do a separate episode where after I dive into these guys' scouting reports and analyze them and watch their film breakdowns, we'll talk about them. But right now, I, I, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I am completely unaware of any of them. Uh, unaware is not the right word. I'm completely uneducated on either of their games. So I'm not going to even try to attempt in a, having an opinion on, on how they did in the draft. Um, I have to do my homework. So excuse me for actually not knowing who the picks are this year. Um, but again, a, a few nights ago, we go and resign a few guys. Nerlens Noel's coming back on a three-year deal. Uh, I think it was three years, $32 million. And that was a two-in-one deal. So that's good. At least that's a two and one. All these deals are two and ones. Um but you know, having him thirty-two million across three, that's like the average annual value, it's a little over ten. I mean that's that's pretty expensive for a backup big. Uh, I know Nerlens did a nice job filling in for Mitch when he was out most of last season, but he's a very flawed center, that's for sure. We know he doesn't have much in his bag outside of those stationary blocks. Um, but yeah, it, it was a little, a little pricey for me for somebody who's just going to play backup five. Um, but it happened. And again, the good thing is there is an option, a team option for year three. Uh, we re-signed Alec Burks, uh, similar deal, three years, $30 million. So it's $10 million AAV, uh, another two in one deal. So that's good. There's a team option for year three. Solid deal. I like it. Burks is a kid who, he's a veteran who came off the bench last year for the Knicks. He got some starts last year for the Knicks. He was very versatile. 
He was the guy who created off the dribble for them, can get into the lane well, um, had some good finishes, and obviously he's a knockdown shooter from three. He was their clutch fourth quarter guy. He had some good moments. He had some bad stretches, but he had some very good moments to where I am very satisfied that we did re-sign Burks on the three-year deal. That one I have no issue with. Um, we re-signed Taj Gibson. Gibson is coming back on a one-year, $2.7 million deal. That's the veteran minimum. So nobody should have an issue with that. It's the vet men. And because it's the veteran minimum, the cap is unaffected. So it does not hit any of the cap. It's a completely separate area. Um, so I like the Taj Gibson deal. Excuse me. I think he's a grinder, right? He's somebody who... A gamer out there. He's always fighting. He's a blue guy. Good locker room presence. And he was very solid for the Knicks these last two seasons. So I'm I'm fine with him coming back. Um, speaking of bigs, we exercised Mitchell Robinson's deal. Um, he's got the... We picked up his one-year, $1.8 million option, which was a no-brainer to do. Um, but right now we have it... We have between the start of the season... Or we really have between now and the end of the season, between now and next free agency, to decide if we want to extend Mitch or not. You know, let him play out. I would say you let him play out a chunk of the season, and if he breaks out, you extend him, right? I, I, I don't, I, hopefully we don't let him enter the open market. Hopefully we can extend him before free agency hits. Um, because we have leverage here. And, you know, the Knicks have, they're in a good situation where if they let him play out a chunk of the season, he breaks out, they can extend him and give him something like three years, 35 to $40 million, which is like a $12 million AAV. And I think that's great. That's fine. You know, if you've got somebody like Clint Capella, who's kind of a mold of Mitchell Robinson, when he hits his peak, maybe he could be something like Capella. Capella got five years, $90 million from Atlanta, right? That's $18 million AAV. So Mitch, who's not at that level yet, but could be that type of player someday, has value, you know, a tick below that for his first big contract. So I think 35 to 40 across three is a solid starting point for Mitch's first multi-year uh, deal. So if you let him play out the year and it looks like he's doing well, I think you do something like that with Mitchell Robinson, you know, and, and same goes for Julius, right? Because he's in a, a similar situation. They picked up his option, or they're gonna have to pick up his option soon. It's it's pennies, and then they're gonna have to decide whether or not they want to extend him or let him test the market at the end of the year. Uh, we re-signed Derrick Rose a few minutes after signing uh, Evan Fournier. We re-signed Derrick Rose, three years, forty-three million dollars. That's another two-in-one deal. Um, and then we got Fournier a few hours or minutes prior, four-year deal, $78 million. It's a three-and-one deal, so team option for year four. Um, yeah, so those are the moves that has that have happened. Um, I, I may have missed a couple, but I think the major ones, the ones that we're going to be focusing on, that's what we just listed. So, Listen, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this whole thing shapes up. Um, we're going to head to break. When we get back from break, I, I do want to touch on Fournier a bit and talk about what to expect and what to hope from him. Be right back.
You can follow me on Facebook at r.j.carbone. You can follow me on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. And you can follow me on Twitter at NYSportsTalkRC. And if you want to follow along with the blog that I write, subscribe to It's My Opinion on nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. Evan Fournier is one of the guys I actually wanted to get at the trading deadline during the season. I think he's a quality vet. Um, you know, we have him for his peak years. Uh, on a four-year deal, we're going to have him from age 29 to age 32. He turns 29 in, I think it's the very end of October. Um, he's an improvement offensively from Reggie Bullock. So Bullock is, is basically who he's replacing. Uh, Bullock, I think, is, is I want to say Dallas. Was it Detroit or Dallas? I want to say Dallas. It makes more sense. Um, so we went out and got Evan Fournier, who shoots marginally better from, from uh, three-point distance. He's kind of a three-level guy. Um, he's very efficient, though, from the corner three-point spots. That's his money spot. But the difference is, offensively, between Evan Fournier and Reggie Bullock is Evan Fournier isn't just a spot-up, catch-and-shoot, knockdown guy. He's a playmaker. He can dribble the damn ball. He can run, pick-and-roll capably. He's more of a scorer than just a shot. And obviously, Reggie Bullock literally could not do any of that. He was nothing with the ball in his hands. He needed to be one of those guys coming off of a slip screen and catching and shooting. He wasn't a guy who had any type of creation ability so you're definitely getting an upgrade in that area and the Knicks need playmakers they need shot creators and so they've got one now in Evan Fournier who can do that he can do all that he can get to the free throw line but he's a good secondary tertiary playmaker that will help Derek Rose out when Rose needs to go to the bench right um, he can also catch and shoot though too right he can come around screens so in terms of how he's going to fit into Tom Thibodeau's system. You know, is it a bit redundant with Burks playing a similar role with the Knicks? Because Burks is also a guy who likes to score on the ball. There's a question there. You could you could definitely make a case where it's a little confusing to see how they'll play together. Um, but I, I still do think this will fit well. I, I still think I see Evan fitting into this system pretty well. Just because I know that Tom Thibodeau will run him into actions that he's good at. You know, he'll run him in some DHO actions. He'll have him curling off of screens, pulling off, uh, pulling up off a pick. That's Those are things that Evan Fournier has been known to be very good at. He's a good shooter in that aspect. Um, he's got a good in-between game. Like I said, he's a three-level scorer. He can shoot the three. He's got the mid-range, and he's a pretty good finisher at the rim. Um, I know he did not impact Boston too much, you know, when he came, when he went to Orlando, he was with Orlando for a while. Then Boston traded for him at the deadline. He didn't, he wasn't nearly as great with Boston as he was with Orlando. And part of that is because he was playing with Tatum, with Brown and other, you know, first options. 
But now that he's, you know, he's got a full training camp underneath him, he's going to be able to learn the playbook, to gel with his teammates and build chemistry. He's not just going to be thrown into the thick of it, you know, on a struggling team saying, here, make the playoffs. Here, help us do this, like he was in Boston. So I think now it'll be a little little more organized, more patient, and he'll have more time to kind of gel with everything. Um, now, the one thing you are going to be a little bit lacking in with, with Evan Fournier is you're going to lose some defense. You know, is the Nick defense going to take a major step back losing Bullock and putting in Evan Fournier? Because, you know, Reggie, he was arguably their top defender, right? Uh, Frank didn't get much minutes, so you could argue that Bullock was the top Nick wing defender. Um, Fournier is more towards average to a shade above average as a defensive player. He can defend the wing and down. Um, so it's going to put more pressure. Maybe you're going to, you're thinking Fournier is going to be playing the two. So it's going to be putting more pressure on another wing like RJ, um, to defend those top scorers instead. You know, if Bullock's gone, Bullock was always the guy who was tasked with the toughest scoring assignment. That might be Barrett's job now. Barrett's going to have to step up, right? Not only is RJ Barrett going to have to improve his offensive game and, and learn a little bit of a mid-range and kind of put the ball on the floor more, but he's going to have to step up his defense even more. And his defense has taken a nice, a nice step already, but it's going to have to keep climbing. RJ Barrett is probably going to be tasked with the best wing assignment now that Bullock is gone because Fournier is not that defender. Um, but I, like I said, I also think that team option on the um, on the fourth year helps. Um, so you can hopefully flip him for some more picks or young assets if if um, if he produces. You know he's getting 19.5 million annual value, so it's a lot. But the option does certainly help. Um, man, these guys, these guys, the money these guys are making these days, dude, it's insane. Like not even five years ago, if you were to tell me a guy of Evan Fournier's caliber would make 20 million a year, like what? 20 million a year used to be superstar money. I'm not shitting you, dude. The star players got 20 million, like the upper twenties per year. And you were like, Whoa, that's a ton of friggin' money. Now you're handing out $20 million checks per year to, to guys like Fournier, who were solid role players. I'm telling you, the money they're making in this market is insane. It's only going to go up as the market improves. You know, in the coming years. Shit. That's just, it's something that's amazed me. I never really speak about it, but it's crazy to me. Um, yeah, like I said, we also re-signed Derrick Rose. And listen, Derrick Rose is, is it's funny because at the trade deadline, I was super against it. I didn't want it, mainly because of player development. I thought it was going to hurt us, and I, I just didn't think he was going to fit with, with the Knicks as a guy who likes the ball in his hands and, and does most of his scoring inside the paint. But he ended up shooting the ball exceptionally well and took most of Peyton's minutes, especially as the season winded down. Now, so I loved that they signed him to round out the starting five. It's probably going to be Rose, Fournier, RJ, Randall, Mitch, right? One to five. But, you know, it's three years, $43 million with the early bird rights for the first year, which leaves them $8.5 million left in cap and a separate $4.9 million for, uh, with a room exception. So two, you can't use that. You can't combine that. But 
it's it's fourteen point three AAV. Um, so it, it's not exactly the price that I'm concerned about. It's just as tremendous as he was last year, right? The only one who showed up in the Hawks series. It's the length of that deal that's a bit scary to me. I mean, again, it, it is a two-in-one. It's a two-in-one deal. So that's a plus. But still, at his age, you know, even something like this season coming up with, with his age and the wear and tear on his knees... Also, an 82-game season from here on. He's going to be starting every day. We already know how he breaks down a bit after 25 to 30 minutes or so. We have seen that a lot. We saw that. He he has a tendency of, of fatiguing towards the end of a game when he's getting too much minutes. And Comfortable is going to run you out there, especially guys he likes, guys who he's played with or coached with. Coached. You know, we've seen Rose wear out. That Lakers game that went to overtime at the end of the year? At the end of the playoffs, game four, game five, he was gassed. You could see it in his face. He was tired. So, again, this is something that Evan Fournier is going to have to step up and be that secondary playmaker. R.J. Barrett is going to have to be better with the ball in his hands. You know, he was great as that spot-up three-point shooter last year, but he's going to have to be a better ball handler. Guys are going to have to step up because Rose cannot be playing 40 minutes a night anymore like he did towards the end of the year. I just don't see that happening and working for the Knicks. It could be a big problem too. Um, but hopefully it's enough. Hopefully what we did in the backcourt is enough and hopefully guys continue to improve. Um, so Burks, RJ Barrett, and now Fournier are going to have some big roles to play. Now with this, Rose... Fournier, Gibson, Noel, blah, blah, blah. Does this mean that once again, the kids are still going to be pined? You know, I mean, why are we, why are we drafting these guys if we're not going to play them? I hope to death that we don't continue to see Emmanuel quickly get these 12 minute per game stretches or sometimes doesn't even play or sometimes he's benched as soon as he misses a shot in the first half. Hopefully, Tom Thibodeau gives them a little more leeway this season. Now that he knows IQ has some you know, potential to be unlocked. Um, now that he knows Obi Toppin, maybe we want to give him some burn more. You know, so we can showcase him or increase his value for other GMs around the league. Grimes, does, does Grimes get minutes? Is Vildoza going to be in the mix somewhere? Your bench is going to consist of, uh, of IQ. You know that Burks, uh, Obi, Taj, Noel are going to be in there, you know, but maybe one of those new guys, Luca uh, or Grimes or, or the other kid, McBride. I don't know. We're going to have to see who else fits in there. But, you know, hopefully guys like IQ, other younger players. Knox is on the summer league roster. Imagine that a year four or year five, a year four player in the summer league. I don't know how long his future is here. Um, Frank Nilakina, I think they just let him enter restricted free agency. Who knows what his future is. But the good thing, again, is that all these deals are two-in-ones and, and the three-in-one with Evan Fournier, so it doesn't hit our cap and lock us for the next free agency classes to come. Right? It doesn't... There, there's, there are the team options. You know, Brock Aller did a nice job, an excellent job there. 
kind of giving us some more flexibility. That's the one thing you could actually praise the Nick front office for since they've taken over, since this new regime has taken over, is that they're very flexible. They've given the Knicks a lot of flexibility over these years. Um, you know, we've gotten used to underpaying these guys. So I, I do get the frustration that we're, we're overpaying a lot. It's a pretty big overpay on a lot of these guys this offseason. But with those team-friendly deals, and we have improved as a team too, I think it goes from a C to C plus to a B minus to a B. After seeing what I saw today, I saw that tweet that said all the deals they made were, were team option deals. My opinion changed. I had like a, I, I graded them a C, C plus, and then I saw that tweet. Um, I forget who tweeted it, but somebody did from the organization saying that all those deals were on were, were team option deals. So I was thinking CC plus saw the tweet, and now I'm leaning more towards it was a B minus slash B type of offseason for Leon Rose, Brock Aller, and the Knicks. So I don't hate it. I don't love it. I definitely don't love it, but I cannot hate it either. I cannot be mad about it. I think it was decent. I think it was fine. It was okay. So I'm satisfied. I'm content. I'm not thrilled. So I go B minus B. Um, now what's the goal, right? This is your team. What's the goal? And maybe we'll have a separate episode about that too, about like more when the season starts to get closer, maybe we'll have a separate show talking about what the expectations are, what our projections are and what's our goal. You know, I'm hoping to go deeper, a little deeper, maybe take a team deep into the second round this year. Um, you want to make the playoffs, you want to win the first round. And I think that's that's a success. If you get into the second round, give that team a run for their money, you call that a step up in the right direction again. All right, guys. So that's all I've got. Just a quick update. Nothing long. Uh, we're going to head to break. When we get back from break, we'll get into our NYY, NYK question of the day. Be right back. So in episode 267, this is 268, but in 267, I asked you guys, how many of Randy Johnson's six complete games as a Yankee were shutouts? The answer to that question, how many of Randy Johnson's six complete games as a Yankee were shutouts? Zero. He didn't have any complete game shutouts as a Yankee. Zero. But tonight's NYY NYK question of the day, episode 268 of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Who was the last St. John's St. <laughs> John's? Who was the last St. John's product to play for the Knicks? Alright, who was the last St. John's product to play for the Knicks? Alright, so message me the answer. 
on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Or comment the answer on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter once I publish the promo to this podcast. Or comment the answer on YouTube once it's up there. Um, I don't know if you can comment on any of the listening platforms. Pretty sure you can't. But you can always give us a five-star review, a rating, um, a rating and a f- give us a, a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And you can subscribe to us on all those platforms if you haven't yet. Subscribe to my social media and my blog. That's all on my link tree. Link tr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. This is your host, RJ Carbone. I'm signing out. I'll see you pretty soon because we're going to be recapping the Yankees series against the Baltimore Orioles um, later tonight. Game three will take place. So we'll record that and that'll be out by Thursday. So hope you guys enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you so much. God bless. I'll see you next time. Take care. Ciao. This episode is brought to you by Anchor. Podcasting made easy.